Hello, hello, and welcome to The Intersect. It's me, Noah Coot, along with my wonderful co-host, Michael Bernache. How's it going, Michael? Hey. Uh, papers, writing, movies. Ah, <laughs> you? I kind of feel that still, but not as much. I actually had my last day of classes today for my winter term. Um, I will have a spring term, so it's not like I'm done with college. But, you know, I had to work. Uh, hey, we're getting there. I was recording on a... Th- we were recording on a Thursday um, because we we're both pretty busy. You know, school school does get to you. But here I am, last day of classes, so I'm kind of taking it a little easier tonight. And uh, here I am with a can of apple cider. Um, I know we might be talking some pretty deep stuff later, but I- I'm still trying to have a little bit of fun while I can. No, it's a... Uh... We have a lot to talk about later, but right now, just just taking it easy. Uh, so I uh, I did the challenge. Noah went all the way up to Astoria, bike to and from sixteen miles. You know what? It's probably a better experience biking there than it was walking there. Actually, oh my god! Actually, walking that was a pretty fun day. That was a pretty yeah. Fun yeah. Day. I'm gonna say um physically, it was a better experience biking there than walking there. Um, oh yeah, no walking there was painful. In terms of having a day, though, being around with your good buddy, me, you know, it, it must have been a yeah. funner day for sure. And I remember as soon having as we got BFF back there. to uh, Manhattan, you know what we got? Insomnia cookies. We got insomnia cookies. Don't you remember that? We, yeah, no, we got insomnia cookies. We got a six pack, and we passed out. <laughs> yep. Um, great day. Uh, and then the next day, uh, we were both. You were really sore, and I was just like, ah. I got stuff to do. Let me walk around town again. Oh my god! Yeah, no, that was a Saturday. That was a lot. No, we no, we had to uh, we had to meet up with our friend for brunch. Remember? Oh my god, that was really nice. We went to Koreatown to get brunch, so it was like a little bit of a Korean style brunch or something. That was great. Um, can we say her name? I don't remember. <laughs> Flony, if you're listening to this, you get name dropped. Shout out to Flony. Yeah, I remember that. Thank you very much. It was a great uh, time. Uh, so yeah, um, busy with school, but, uh, last day of classes, I had to submit, uh, my presentation for my senior project, uh, that went well, I think. Um, at least I felt way more confident in terms of the content I had in my project than I thought I would feel because I realized, oh, I have some really solid numbers, like I have some proper data to show before I even start with like the whole project, just presenting the concept behind it. So that was pretty cool. That's awesome. Um, and also today I was actually presenting my uh, fo- final portfolio for a photography course. And I think last episode I mentioned it and I showed a set of pictures. My album is actually finalized. If you want to check that link again, I put a little artist statement. I took care of some pictures, a few final edits. But I think now it's all top notch and submitted. My professor was happy. He sent me a little personal email saying like, I really like what you did with this format and this album. And he was like, normally I don't think we should have 35 pictures in an album. Like, you know, usually they say less is better because you want to put only the strongest pictures you have. But then he said like, the way you set it up with like a whole story being told with each picture going throughout the whole thing. He said he was a big fan of it. So I was happy with that. Um, So I'm actually, now that I finally submitted it and got the feedback I need on it and so on, I'm going to start looking into uh, submitting it uh, on Instagram. So um, you can put my handle yes. up there again, but... Of course, of course. We 
we always we always want to hype each other's content like uh we want to support each other like we name drop Tony. she's working on a game like we can send that link that's it's awesome so if we always want to highlight when our friends are doing something great and not just the two of us yep well then i can also shout out all my friends who are doing great things it's like college right now i sure i'm sure you have a lot of friends also doing awesome stuff because they're <laughs> senior here um <laughs> <laughs> but today I was like sitting down with a friend who uh, who actually got a special scholarship where he's visiting a whole bunch of countries all over the world simply for photography. And that was also really cool to hear about. Whoa. And he's doing it specifically with soccer photography in mind. So then he started giving me some tips because next term I've actually got an athletic season for track going. So I'll be taking pictures at all the meets we have and try to go for like a really interesting sporty like um feel to all the pictures and you know i want to expand into something right. different than all the like more street photography i do like i know this is the worst thing to ask someone who just finished a, a term <laughs> when does your next term start okay my next term starts um 27th is a saturday of that week so 28 29 monday the 29th of uh march that will be the first day of classes in my next term Although I only have one class on Monday and now three classes Tuesday uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yeah. Oh, my God. You actually have a spring break or a term break, I guess, for you. No, because it's finals week. Oh, wait. I, oh, you're done with classes. You still have exams. Yeah. Oh. So um, I'm celebrating tonight. I does not that. mean I'm actually done for the term. Um, I still have a couple so of projects to submit and so on. But the thing is, I ha don't have the stress of classes anymore, which is a really nice thing when you think about it. Oh, yeah, no, classes are uh, interesting, but a pain sometimes. Yep. Like, I have this one class, it's, I have no idea what's going on. The syllabus only went halfway. It's been two weeks ago since she's updated the syllabus. We have no idea when we have class, what readings we have to do. It's amazing. I love Zoom University. All right. Um, do you have anything you want to say? Because I felt like I shared a lot about what's going on with me. I mean, there's not much going on with me, man. Just... All right. All right. Um, the vaccine has not made me grow a third eye. Oh, yeah. I saw you had the vaccine. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm <laughs> like nothing's changed. I wear a mask all the time. It was a little bit nice to be like, I have 60% protection, blah, 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 blah. But that's about it. Oh, my God. I'm just starting to remember. Um, uh, honestly, actually, today was a really good yeah. day for me. Also, this today, the Thursday, March 18th, when we're recording this, is the exact same day I left NYU. We left, I think, a week earlier. Yeah, you guys left earlier, but was, for me, I was just like... It's just like, oh, shit. That was a big day for you. Day. Everything suddenly changed. Yep. Um, uh, I would not see, after today, last year, I would not see someone who's not my family or some delivery man or some random neighbor for like four to five months. Because mm -hmm. I think the first person I saw out of quarantine was uh, Kareem. Yeah. Um, Another friend we get to shout out who, who's doing pretty great stuff himself. Exactly. All right. Um, do you want to get going with some more um, now that we actually mentioned COVID or I guess things related to COVID? Do you want to get back into the news and start with our usual topic? <sighs> I was debating if this would be the first topic, but while we're here. So, yeah, uh, COVID-19, at least in the U.S., uh, cases overall have been declining, but we're also having a decline in uh, testing. Like less people are going out proactively to get tested. So whether or not the cases are actually going down or just like a sample bias, 
we don't know and like this this thing and this thing ain't over yet oh well like i feel like i don't see it myself because the way i think about it is oh my i get tested every week at school anyway so uh yeah no i get tested i get tested every two weeks so like i get tested but apparently nationwide testing is going down as more people get vaccinated and stuff and it's like yes i am not surprised that people feel like it's now that the vaccine is coming out it's less of an issue but i think aren't numbers in general going down or is that due to uh less testing well there's no way to know so it's possible the numbers are going down in fact it might be most likely but because so many cases of covid are uh, are asymptomatic there's a chance that the numbers might be stable or increasing and if less people are getting tested we just don't know so it's a it's a concern okay that we should look for but at least at least overall it seems like it's going down that's good which i think is great and yeah and right now we're we're up to like three and a half uh three million people get uh the vac- vaccinated like uh every day so a lot of my friends who who are qualified ha- have at least one vaccine dose a couple have two um family grandparents have uh, at least the ones who live up in boston one is a, one of them has two doses the other one has one like everyone is starting to to get it people over at my and... school are starting to get vaccinated um i am still not eligible but because student workers or at least people who work on college campuses and that includes student employees um are now allowed to get tested and that's the same reason you're getting tested here michael um i mean uh, getting vaccinated. vaccinated yes um th- th- that's yeah you know brain sometimes that acts weird but <laughs> it, it seems at least from the way i'm seeing it is like oh my god everyone's getting vaccinated all of a sudden uh yet we're still testing and all that except if you get vaccinated you don't get tested anymore because I- i'm not sure actually if you still don't get tested no uh, um, we, we, we still have to get tested if you got uh if you're tested positive before you don't get tested again later because it's believed that yeah you keep on testing positive for the next six months but yeah it's just it's interesting to really? see how uh that's what i've been told by one of my friends she tested positive and uh she quarantined at home and uh she told me oh i'm not going to the testing center anymore i'm exempt from it due to the fact that i tested positive before oh well my friend who got both vaccines like still test negative and like they still have to show up (laughs) like they still have to do all the rules um so okay yeah it's just Mm. i find it interesting um but I feel like things are going well, but that's also from my perspective in my little bubble that is a college campus in upstate New York. Yeah, I mean, I'm in New York City, and like while NYU doesn't have a campus, it's just like we're we're on our own little bubble. Yep. But yeah, no, it's at least in the U.S. it's doing fine, which is and it seems to be orderly, which is uh more than we can say than uh than Europe. And uh, Europe has been seeing, they're actually seeing a third wave of the virus where um, in Germany, the cases are rising pretty high. Uh, they're, in Italy, they reintroduced lockdowns. Mm-hmm. And there was a little of um, controversy with uh, AstraZeneca this week. Oh my, wait, tell me about that. So AstraZeneca, we've been talking about, AstraZeneca's in the news all the time for her vaccine. <laughs> like, it's really annoying but um but it, they they were worried that some people were forming blood clots because of the vaccine 
and because they had like four people who had a blood clots or whatever and right after taking the vaccine so they were worried that it was linked to the vaccine and because the european countries are very uh how do i say this nicely like the u.s underreacts the uh, european nations tend to overreact because the rate of people who had the vaccine who developed blood clots is less than the rate of people who develop blood clots naturally like like in the general population yeah so there's no there's no link to it but several european countries uh uh suspended astrazeneca the astrazeneca vaccine due to then they re and then they reinstated it and now a lot less people want to take the astrazeneca vaccine because they're like is something wrong with this well yeah i mean i know the whole thing about no uh, no advertising is bad advertising but the problem is that when it's something like this that actually impacts people or people really believe could impact them, there it's pretty bad advertising because there's yeah, no, an alternative like a, choice. Yeah, there's an alternative choice. That's true. But it's also like a, at, at the same point when I say overreact, it's not to people want to make sure the vaccines are safe. Yeah, I mean, there's because the goal is to vaccinate seven billion people in the world it better be safe i have one of them in my in my arm <laughs> like well i had it injected in my arm so it's like there it's understandable it's like you want this to be safe but there's a point in time it's like uh if like wh- when i said i had mine i said my arm was sore for two days yeah and i was like and i said i couldn't tell if it was because of the vaccine or because i went to the gym it's like you you just like there's, there's some concerns that are not worth it mm-hmm. and i think i think this was just overreaction by multiple eu governments it's it's a time that's a bit chaotic and i understand that people i don't want to say necessarily people have paranoia but people are on edge with a lot of what's going on right now and uh that's true the problem is Governments are trying to keep people in control, and of course they don't want to have any mass panic. But at the same time, people also want to be able to live life again, and they don't want to have to worry about this whole pandemic thing. Yeah, And, and there's also the fact that more people want the Pfizer or the Moderna vaccine because they're higher... If, uh, their higher effectiveness rate and it's like or easier like Google. Pfizer or oh, wait J and J a lot of people no. are going for J and J no J and J well not in Europe yeah but people want J and J a lot now because it just seems oh you get one shot you're done yeah so a lot of my college friends who aren't like already eligible they really want the J and J one because like one shot you don't have to keep a vaccine card like lying around did you get like uh, which one do you get I I got the Pfizer one and first shot. Yeah, just a first shot of Pfizer. Okay. Uh, by the end of the month or uh, next month, I have to get the the second shot, Did the which first... is the one that's supposed to give me uh, symptoms. Okay. Um, I thought it was Pfizer was first shot was bad and second shot was better and uh, AstraZeneca. No, uh, Moderna was the other way around. But all right. Um, no, uh, but they were the same. You you got through the first one, pretty well. Yeah. Like I said, I couldn't tell if it's because. It, like it didn't bother me like at all yeah all right that's cool um so we oh, have also all one this last issue. thing 
Yes. Because of how much like AstraZeneca is like a thing, it hasn't been approved in the US yet, but the Biden administration made a, a deal with Mexico because of immigration stuff that sadly we won't have time this episode to talk about that will send all our excess vaccines of AstraZeneca to Mexico. Okay. Okay. Um, for free? Uh, they deal with, uh, they're dealing with our immigration crisis, okay, which so is a it's... big, long, heavy topic that I So it's not don't, for don't free per se, because they have to, they're performing some sort of action uh, in return. Yes, it's a quid pro quo. Yes. Um, well, I hope that this is something that is generally for the betterment of all individuals, but yeah. I mean, the U.S. already, we have orders for, like, I think half a billion doses of vaccine, and there's only 300 million Americans, so, and they're just starting out the trials for uh, children, and we won't have the results for that until, like, uh, June, July or something, so we won't know, we won't be able, we'll have an excess capacity, and it's not over, COVID is not over until the whole world achieves a certain level of, of immunity. That is true. All right. Um, are we done with uh, COVID? Or do we want to say anything else? No, we got, we got one more. Okay. This is the first documented case of a world leader actually dying from COVID. Okay. So. Okay, tell me about that. In, Tanz- in Tanzania, uh, the African nation of Tanzania, uh, I guess now... Former president Magufuli uh, has died from COVID, and we never talked about him in the same vein as uh, Trump or Bolsonaro. But he was like that. He's like, "This is a hoax. Who cares? Like, I don't care. I don't care about that." But apparently, um, uh, Magufuli has died from COVID, and he leaves behind a complicated legacy in Tanzania. But in terms of history, Tanzania now has its first uh, female president. So, progress? Question mark. Uh, uh, I mean, it's it kinda was bound to happen. I feel that he tests positive. Did Bolsonaro test positive at some point? Yeah, Bolsonaro got COVID. Yeah, well, uh, I'm gonna say I feel if a person is in denial of the disease and isn't doing anything to help reduce its spread, it's bound to come to them at some point. So. Like, even remember the UK, uh, Boris Johnson. Boris Johnson at first did not think it was a big deal until he got it. Yep. Um, so. Unfortunately, he had to learn his lesson the hard way, but at least he learned a lesson. Yeah. And I think the UK is one of the top countries in vaccination. So is the US, too. So we did something right for once. Yeah. All right. Um, so I guess now we're done with COVID. Yeah. We're going to take a big, long break because we have a lot to talk about after. Okay, okay. Um, I'll get ready for that. And we're back. So, Noah, do you know what happened? Something else that happened, like, uh, around this time last year? Um, something else that happened around this time. I mean, I know something that happened very recently. I've been seeing... Uh, we, we did have a little post about it. Yes, we, we, we did have a post on it, uh, factional media, so The Intersect and uh, Off the Screen, we had a statement on this. But um, so we'll talk about that uh, a little bit later. But around the, uh, this time uh, last year, Brianna Taylor, who 
I think we started like publishing our episodes uh talking about Brianna Taylor and George Floyd. So Brianna Taylor was murdered uh during a a uh, police raid on a based off a like a false uh a false warrant where police may not have clearly identified themselves uh who acted brazenly. So th- uh, this is a the year anniversary more or less. Uh, of that happening and there's been a couple updates so officially still no police officer has been charged for the murder of Brianna Taylor okay which I don't know what you can say about that it's it's tragic it's uh it's horrific um uh in fact uh those officers many of them were fired they're fighting to get back on the job so no yeah. legal action, but now they're trying to get back on the job. Um, I wish there was more. This was basically the whole idea that a lot of those protests brought up. Was it accountability that we're trying to say? Yes, we need to have more accountability for the actions police officers do because it is really easy for them to do actions that do not seem justified. Yeah. And like... Like this story is, it's about Brianna. It, it happened. The catalyst is Brianna Taylor, George Floyd, and Ahmaud or Arbery, but like different section. And uh, the George Floyd, his family settled with uh, the city of Milwaukee for twenty-seven million dollars in damages, which, to my knowledge, is one of the uh, largest settlements for uh, for death com- uh, for murder committed by the police in this in the city of Milwaukee. Since like four years ago, when they paid twenty million dollars for the wrongful death of this, uh, um, I forgot this woman's name, but that was another case. So twenty-seven million dollars is an historic number, just uh, for for this sort of situation. And while there is a criminal investigation for uh, for the police officer Derek Chauvin, there's they had a hard time finding a jury, like jury selection. I'm not sure they finalized it. I haven't caught up with that, but it's like two weeks in and they're like, we have four jurors. So it's been a very difficult time to find people who don't have like some sort of connection like uh, to to the murder, to the video of George Floyd being strangled to death over seven minutes. That reminds me of, um, remember the Boston Marathon bombings? They also had a very difficult time finding a jury for uh, that court case because a lot of people, especially because I think it went through the courts in Boston, a lot of people um, heard of the event and had strong opinions on it. And unfortunately, in a jury, you can't just take anyone you want. You have to make sure that you pick people who seem relatively neutral or are not aware of the situation until it's presented to them in court um yeah the idea is a a blind a blind it's a blind jury so they don't have opinions either way and they can just weigh the facts as presented to them whoever makes the best argument exactly um now what i want to say though is you gave me that number 27 million dollars did i hear that right yes for that specific one. I find that so odd because I'm in one way like asking myself, $27 million given to a family seems like so much money. But at the same time, 
trying to put a value on a life just seems so odd. I don't know how that works. I am trying to understand how, where they calculated a value like $27 million. Um, well, I know they wanted it to be bigger than the settlement, the previous largest settlement, which was $20 million. Okay. Because uh, in that situation, it was a white woman who was killed and that was $20 million. I think the second high, I think for like a someone of color, before that it was like 10 million and 12 million something like that it was a lot lower yes so they wanted so they wanted to prove it's like so do black people are are valued as much as like white women and that's where they came up with the 27 million dollar figure okay okay and is it given specifically to his family or is it spread out throughout the community Uh, it is to his family because it is a private settlement okay now what his family decides to do with the money is up to them I, I'm not aware of any d- decisions that they're making. Okay. Um, but, I feel um, like this is a really interesting conversation for later on, which is like yeah, having settlement money put on something like life just seems so bizarre to me. No, but it's, it's, it's a serious issue because the problem with police settlements is they don't come from police budgets. They come from city budgets. Exactly. Um, and the other issue and, I have is a settlement is not a solution. It's just giving money. Yeah, it's, it's giving money to, to move to, to settle, <laughs> to not have to deal with it, which is just like, it's a problem because it's, uh, and the NYPD is responsible for like, half a billion dollars of worth of settlements recent in the last couple of years. Like it is a significant chunk of city budgets of just dealing with either uh, strong use of force, uh, accidentally killing some for uh, uh, jailing innocent prisoners. Could, could I, and can I just check? You said half a million dollars or how? I said half a billion. Half a billion. Okay. Um, so um, what I'm can, hearing you can double check that. is... Uh, I'm not going to double check the number, but I'm going to put it in such a way that what I'm hearing is that the city is willing to spend half a billion dollars a year to just set problems aside that they don't think that they don't uh, want to fix. It's not a year. It's like it's been over a period of time. Okay, But in uh, the end, what I'm just trying to say is imagine spending half a billion dollars just to push problems away because you don't want to deal with them or you think it's too complicated to deal with. And I understand that a settlement, the family accepted it, and um, they thought that it was worth going for that. But at the same time, I just think something like a settlement is not the right path in terms of fixing the issue as a whole. Oh, it is a terrible thing. It's a terrible situation to be in, because... As a taxpayer, you don't want to be responsible for paying these settlements for misuse of police power. Because at the end of the day, that's what it is. And I think we need, uh, I think there, like, there are multiple reasons why this is not okay. Oh, yeah, for sure. There are, there is, uh, there are, A, the loss of life, the tragedy of the event itself. There's the cost to taxpayers, and like, do do we want to talk about even uh I I forgot to mention Brianna Taylor had a settlement back in September for twelve million dollars. Yeah. Like, I don't think this. I don't think Louisville, Kentucky, wants to pay twelve million dollars for an excessive use of force for a 
for a bad warrant for like you have to be able to make these changes there are moral reasons to do this there are legal reasons to do this there are financial reasons to do this and the fact that this is still happening is so frustrating and at the end of the day is you want accountability to the police are accountable to the people government is accountable to the people yeah i just wanted to bring that up because i don't know you mentioned that number of 27 million and to me i'm in one way just thinking that's a lot of money and also in another way thinking that's a lot of money going to a single family damages aside that is just a lot of money for anyone in the u.s to have um but then in the end i was thinking about that again and i'm like i think the issue is not that the family is getting money for damages that's not what i think the problem is the problem is i think they're getting money because in general it was decided that the problem they have is too difficult to fix and therefore they rather just pay the pro for the problem to go away rather than anything else yes you need settlements are a band-aid you need true structural change and the fact that the police are not being held accountable this is true we've this this issue of police accountability we've talked about it for our first couple episodes that are posted on on the feed Mm -hmm. we've talked about this happening in nigeria with sars in this week we even have it in uh, we have it in uh, in the uk okay is like um Sarah Everard was a was a young woman just walking walking at at night, uh, like on the street. She texted her boyfriend, etc. Like, there's nothing. What she did is something that people should feel comfortable doing in their own city. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I actually had a conversation and recently she- about that. Um, but yeah, no, it's horrible uh i've heard of it and it's just horrible that's things like that happen and and then she's she disappeared and it's ev- the the current idea the main idea is suspect for this is a police officer the people who is, is responsible you're supposed for this. to trust well supposedly you're told that they are there told to help you and they, you can they, trust them unfortunately um, that is not actually the case. I feel like the majority of people, even around police officers, feel in danger because they don't trust um, their own authority. Yes, to because police them. officers are supposed to are a, accountable to the people that they serve. They pledge to protect and serve the people that they oversee. And here you have a situation where a police officer is highly likely to is 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 the main suspecting this and then when people go out to protest these are women going out to protest against police officers the police officers use the same motives that they used here in the united states where they kettle the pro the protesters forcing a confrontation and then they violently rebuke uh, go uh, go out against these people um and i also would like to point out that this is not in the u.s this is in europe and generally, I, as a European, I love to praise Europe about a lot of progressive policies they have in place. But the truth is, even around the world on a global level, this is an issue everywhere, even in an area that might seem as progressive as uh, European countries. 
in England. Yeah. No, Black Lives Matter was an international movement. There were protests in Australia, there were protests in the UK, in France. That, like, there are... that is true. I just want to point out that while we talk a lot about what's going on in the US, this is not something that's exclusive to the US. Yes. And the police were using the same strong-arm tactics as they were using it here. And it was just... It's... In, and the police has the gall to say, so stay at home and is just don't go out and you'll be safe. People should be safe in outdoor situations. I don't get this. A person should be able to and go also with, out of with, the house. They need to be able to do grocery shopping. A person should have the freedom to go outside and go for a run when they need to. I mean, the reason they would tell yes. you to go inside is because there's something horrible out of the control of the police officers happening. But this is something which is again the police officers may a police officer may have been responsible for starting. Like a lot of uh, uh, a lot of my uh, I'm just saying may here because it is still uh well it's still under investigation right. Yeah, no, but it's like women, people of color, uh, should feel comfortable being able to walk out on the street. Just. If you, if I leave a party, I know I'll be relatively safe going back home. Well, yeah, for me too. As I, I I rarely ever feel in danger walking at night around and on campus and such. But unfortunately, yes. that is not the case for a lot of people. For that is not the half case the population. for uh, the majority of women I know actually don't feel safe um, walking out. Yes. Um, and I believe for this is also an the... issue for people of color. I think. You've told me before that you walked in situations where you didn't feel safe just because of your color, right? Yeah, well, it's like being followed around in a store by a cop or something. It's just like, or being stopped by one, uh, like at a subway station once, when oh, the rest of my friends were free to go. Like, there is these circumstances of just like, I think the, like, if you're just going, walking home is the most basic thing you could do. And people don't feel comfortable with that. That's not. That's not okay. That our society needs changing, on so many levels. I, I want to say that I feel like we've gone on a big tangent from our um, original outline, but I do like the direction we're taking because we are covering important topics. But considering the conversation we're having right now, we should also mention what did okay. happen recently. So, um including Sarah Everhart, but there was uh, another uh, issue that happened in Atlanta recently. So, on Tuesday night, a gunman, a uh, um, a man, that morning, uh, quote, according to the to the senior officer, uh, the, like the sheriff of uh, some random town in Georgia, had a bad day, because, sure, had a bad day. He bought a gun, he got a background check. There's no waiting period in Georgia. There's no training required. He just showed up. He had no criminal record. They gave him a gun. Um, he drove to a massage parlor. He shot it up. Then he drove to Atlanta, shot up another massage parlor. And then as that massage parlor was calling the police, he went, uh, he went to the one across the street and he shot it up. And... Then he was driving his way to Florida to apparently shoot more massage parlors. And he was stopped only because they put, uh, the police put his picture out and his parents called the police to identify to identify him. And 
the thing about these massage parlors is there is a stereotype. There, there, are, there are multiple stereotypes here, but massage these massage parlors had Asian sounding branding, like uh, like I I don't I don't have it on off the top of my head, but and he targeted the people who were worked there who are mostly uh a women of Asian descent. So um, he killed eight people, seven women, one man, S uh, six of them were Asian. He targeted these businesses specifically. He went out to buy a gun with this explicit purpose of targeting these businesses. And uh, when he talked to officers later that day, uh, later that night or whatever, he said it was because he had, he was addicted to sex. He was, uh, and these places were places of temptation. Again, the stereotype at these massage parlors provide happy endings or whatever bullshit. And he wanted to get rid of them. So he's arrested. He's charged for eight, eight, eight murders. Although there is nothing about like a hate crime or anything. In fact, like I said, the sheriff said he was just having a bad day. I will, hate crimes are notoriously hard to prove. Because you have to imagine the person's state of mind and what they were targeting. They're really hard to prove. However, if the, the person was specifically targeting uh, massage parlors, he was specifically targeting women and women of, uh, of Asian descent. Massage parlors that's, that sounded, uh, that, uh, that were, that, like, he was targeting these businesses that are stereotyped to be run by uh, Asian women. He even said it was because of the sexual temptation. So I don't even give a damn if you can't prove a, a, a like a race, uh, a hate crime versus race. It is a hate crime just on a matter of gender mm -hmm. uh, and occupation. So <laughs> th this is something <sighs> where I want to bring up now that we have this new topic. Um, a year ago, we had something that was based on racial division within this country and also lack of accountability from police officers. Now, we've had something recently happen in England with Sarah Everard, um, where also a police force. Now, this is something which is abroad, which I like to point out because it helps give a more international perspective on the fact that this issue is global. Um, a woman who basically disappeared and police officers believed, believed to have been responsible for it and also she was abused and murdered right uh, i don't have the full details on the case but i think so yes yep um and now we also have this situation here where a person commits a, a crime a hate crime against people based on their ethnicity or race their gender and their occupation and um while it's not a police officer it's not a question of police accountability um, the way the sheriff is dealing with it, which is a, um, well, a form of, well, it is part of the police, part of enforcement in the area, described this situation. And while it is hard to define a hate crime, they simply consider it to be a bad day. It's insane how so many of these issues just keep on happening. And as we also mentioned before, there's very little action taken on a government level to properly fix them um 
you can throw money away at an issue and people can keep on protesting. But the thing is, why is there no legal action to keep on pushing to actually fix all this? Because there's no... When the dominant... It's like when the dominant party is... It, it, the dominant group serves to benefit, there's no reason to change it. And it's, it's tragic. But this... The way they described him, a gunman, a, they, they, a, a lot of newspapers called him a, a child. A 21-year-old child, Noah. Noah, do you, consider, do you consider yourself a child? Um, am I the right person to ask this? Well, you know. Well, we're both 21. That's why I'm saying. I like, certainly are we um, like to say that I feel like a child. But the truth is, I certainly um, don't think I am treated as a child or seen by society as a child anymore. Um, and I certainly Legally, feel like I have children. responsibilities that a child should not have. Because I am an adult now. And a person being 21 should not be considered to be a child because they're at an age where they should understand how to function as an individual, as an adult in their society. They have the ability to vote and make decisions on how the government works. They should be at an age where they are considered to be responsible for their actions. And also, having a bad... You and I have bad days. We, we have bad days. It's like, oh, let, let's let's go let's go hang out with friends. Let's get a, get a drink. I have a let's bad day. I was stressed about my um, work I had to do at the end of my term. What did I do instead of, well, like doing nothing about it or doing something that is really bad about it is I went up to my coach and told him, I don't want to go to practice today. I'm not having a good day. I would like to take some time for myself. I'll go on a run alone. I'll try to de-stress so I can help put my mind in a better place. And that's what I did. And I tried to take care of myself. I feel like people need to have some form of impulse control. You can't just have a bad day and decide on doing something that is completely inappropriate like that. I was like, last week I had a bad day. My computer died. I had to study for midterms. What do I do? I emailed a professor Hey, this is what's happening. Can I have a day? Uh, can I have an extra day? He gave me the extra day. I went to hang out with one of my friends, and we were just, just talking out because, when you have a bad day, there are, there you don't murder people. I it's the fact that the police officer would even say that, and he claims that's a justification is not okay. That is not a justification for murder. It is not a justification for mass murder. And having a bad day is not a justification to go out and hurt someone. I don't care if that's emotionally, physically, and especially it is not a good enough excuse to hurt, the, to end their life. I, I don't know. This is premeditated murder. The, uh, the issue I have is the police officer. You can sometimes make a mistake, do a slip up and say something wrong, but he did not go back on what he said either. And... Also, the other issue I have is normally you shouldn't be thinking that in the first place because you should be able to realize right from the start, this person has an issue. This is not a bad day for him. This person has an issue that roots from somewhere much deeper than simply a bad day. Yeah, because no rational human being decides to buy a gun in the morning, have specific locations he drives up to, shoots up the place, Targeting a specific group of people. I don't care if the dude's an incel or a white supremacist or whatever. This, this is not okay. This is an indictment on so many levels. 
or gun laws that allow people to just buy guns like that out of nowhere. The the uh, fetishization of uh, Asian women, women of color, the targeting of Asian American groups, especially in, like a year since COVID, the fact that the police seem hesitant to investigate it as a hate crime, the fact that the main sheriff, the sheriff that we're talking about, had posted on his Facebook thing calling the coronavirus the China virus. <laughs> what, the, what the hell? I don't have much to say about it because the issue I have at this point is it just seems so surreal that people are even able to consider performing actions like that. It's just, it seems so wrong that thinking that this even could happen is kind of making me speechless. I I don't, this... This case is just infuriating on so many levels. But in general, it's been... While we're talking about Breonna Taylor and George Floyd, we're talking about equity. We're talking about justice for all. When we're talking about Sarah Everhart, we want people to feel safe. And especially for members of the Asian community, this year has not... This year, no one should have felt safe because of COVID. It is a global pandemic. But that gives no people the excuse to attack a certain group or people of certain origins for a virus. A virus. A virus. Which. That could have came out of anywhere. It could have came out of anywhere. And also, I'll put it this way. The fact that they're Asian does not put them at fault for the virus. Um, And even if you want to go into conspiracy politics claiming that the Chinese government may have purposely put the virus out there. I don't believe that, but I want to put out the fact that we have something called Chinese Americans. We have people of an Asian descent who are Americans. They do not identify in any way with this government from the other side of the ocean. They have no relation to anything that had to do with the virus and how it started spreading. These people... No, but it's not even that. It's people who are a Korean or Japanese are being attacked because they're treated in the same boat. Those are different categories. And we need to separate governments from people. Yes. Um, When when we talk about France... Your nationality is not your race. Yes, there is a race that can be more apparent, like have a larger... uh, There can be... A race that is largely um, identified by a certain nationality, but that does not mean everyone is that way. People need to understand that the idea of nationality and also the self-identity people have based on race, gender, and so on, it's separate. It's also, it's not their fault. No one is responsible for a virus. No, but in fact, if anyone is, if anyone's responsible for a virus, is the people who decide to go on partying without masks during a global pandemic when everyone tells them to stop it. It's the people who generally, actually, it's most likely the people from that area who ignored or who claim that it was simply a bad day. Well, you, what do you say the sheriff had on his social media? Uh, he called it China virus. Exactly. 
it's literally the sheriff who tried to deal with a situation is one of the people who just tells himself, yes, it's probably from that nationality. And I think it's just, they're ignorant to this reality about people have their own identities. You can't connect everything to that certain identity. Also, certain things are, certain things are called uh, an occurrence in nature. It, it, you don't have control over it. It's like blaming Houston for, uh, what was that hurricane? Irma? Um, it's like blaming New York City for having hurricanes. Like Saint, Miami uh, for hurricanes. I want to say St. Orleans and Hurricane Katrina. Yeah. New Orleans. What? Why did you have Katrina? They couldn't do anything <laughs> about it, but we're going to get mad at <laughs> that them. That doesn't make any because sense. Because they need our money for aid. I mean... They, no, but it's like, Florida, why do you have hurricanes every day? California, why do you have wildfires? This is victim blaming. China, why do you have coronavirus? They're, they're not responsible for it. It just happens. We don't, humanity does not control everything. Do we control the weather? Do we know tomorrow if it's going to be sunny or is it going to rain? How much rain? Do you know that off the top of here? No, because it's nature. We can predict it. We are making we can, things worse, though. Yeah, we are making things worse. It's like We can predict it. We can try to plan for it. We can try to do it. But do we know what actually is going to happen tomorrow? No. No. If it's if the forecast says rain, are we getting six inches of rain, seven inches of rain, five inches? Like, mm-hmm. We can estimate it, but we don't actually know. It's all a... It's all chaotic behavior. Um, and this is the same thing with... Yes, we could predict that there's a higher chance of a virus happening in a certain area and so on. We have um, epidemiologists working around the world trying to protect everyone from a situation like what happened in the last year. But once again, it's not something you can actually plan for. Well, you can plan ahead for it, but it's not something you can expect to arrive at a specific time and know exactly how it will yeah. happen. And the fact that and going back specifically on that and onto anti-Asian attacks, they're up 150% in major cities. And according to the FBI, this is the highest year for hate crimes since 2001. And mind you, the, the hate crimes uh, uh, database is limited because not every police agency cooperates with the FBI to label that. So it could be higher, almost certainly higher. According to uh, this uh, organization, I think it's HAAPI, uh, there has been a 3,800 3, incidents since last March. Women being targeted twice as often as men. Asian women being targeted twice as much as Asian men. Major hate crimes are up 150% in major U.S. cities, including New York City, San Francisco, L.A. Like, like what the fuck? <sighs> I just... This is such a large issue, and I just... Now I'm trying to think about it, and I don't really know where to start. And as I said, I actually don't even know why it's an issue to start with. I mean, I can understand to some extent why, but I feel like people just don't... To some extent, I've I've never felt like I've been exposed to people who really think that way, or 
they might seem like everyday people until they actually take an action and they really voice their opinion on something that seems so irrational. But I don't really know what to say to this. It just seems so extreme. Oh, hate is irrational. And as a society, we need to do better. So we need to condemn hate when we see it. We need to fight back when we see an injustice. And we just need to do better as a society. This shit is not okay. I don't care if it's happening in the UK, France, Australia, uh, Ethiopia, uh, Nigeria, Brazil, uh, Boston, New York, Atlanta. It's not okay. We need to do better. And we need to take action. Real action. We need to have... Condemn the hate. people in power realize that trying to fix these issues is going to help them too yes we we all benefit when we live in a more just equal and better society no one benefits from hate not really not in the long run when we when we fall to hatred we burn ourselves we burn everything we need with less hatred, we could create a world that's also just safer for everyone and where people feel much safer to just simply be able to go outside, for example. No, be able to walk down the street. These attacks on a lot of a lot of hate crimes that happen in New York City, they happen like five blocks away from me. I live next to Chinatown. These things are happening locally and it's horrible to think that a old lady or 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 elderly man could be on a train station like four blocks away from me and get slashed in the face because of his race i feel we could continue talking about horrible things we could i don't know yeah. if that's I good know. i say that is unfortunate that we even have to talk about it but yeah one year later since brianna taylor died like, I know progress is not linear, but damn, I wish it was. I wish it were exponential. Every time we have progress, the next chance of progress were to happen sooner. Now, maybe and it is better. that way. But the thing is, within my lifetime, it doesn't seem to be that way. All right. With that last depressing note, let's take a break and then, I guess, tech news. Yep. Um, We're going to take a little break in try to get into a better mood for this next section and we're back with some more hopeful i don't know different news all right um well switching things up to tech let's talk about one of well many people's favorite app i don't <laughs> are know you really gonna save me are you no i'm <laughs> just thinking in general the world of dating apps especially tinder is something that is interesting to say the least um i have a lot of opinions about dating apps it's a very interesting industry to look at in general both quite problematic but at the same time very entertaining uh, is the way i would put it but um tinder has decided to put in place a system to have background checks where you can actually um do a background check on a person you match with and be like oh do they have a criminal history and so on? That sounds a little extreme to me, but at the same time, I'm like, is this a good move? Is, is this something that will help protect people and 
I mean, I want to have a world that is safer for people and makes people more comfortable, but also feel like um, implementing a background check system on an app like Tinder. Um, I'm no, I have no idea how rigorous or reliable a background check like that will be, um, but hopefully it'll have a positive change. I mean, I think I think it's a good idea. Okay, uh, you can you can maybe you can convince me on like some uh, I, privacy grounds. I am thinking of it more in terms of like, okay, you got an app like Tinder. Um, what information do they have about you as an individual? Do they have your phone number? I guess your your first name and and a phone number. Your first name and phone number. Okay, is that enough to get information on you as an individual? Because I feel like first name and phone number is the minimum you need to use an app like Tinder. Um, do they have your last name by any chance in any way? Uh, if you do sign in with Facebook, I guess they do. Okay. Um, and the issue is also a person can almost put any last name they want. That's true. So this is I the mean, issue I have. It's a layer. It's a layer security. Yes. Um, it's a it'd layer be bad, security. It'd be bad if it's a fraud. It's fraudulent. So like, say you and I, for some reason, we come up with criminal record, even though neither of us has done that, 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 anything that illegal is, that would require criminal. That is the issue I have with it. <laughs> Which I think uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna lead up to what I actually think is the issue, but I'm gonna present this is a problem with the technology, and I think the way it's gonna be implemented is how much information can they have about you as an individual? Um, they'll have your phone number and your first name. That's the minimum to create an account, or you can use Facebook and so on, um, and you don't have to use your phone number. But then, how will they be able to check that you, Mister whatever your name is, um, is you? Because the issue is with criminal records is that usually you have a name related to it and it's public record. And sometimes you can have a person with more than one. Uh, you can have more than one person with the same name, the same exact name, first name and last name. And I have no idea how they're going to be able to actually check and identify if it's the right person. Because you could have a person with the same first name and last name that could live in a generally similar vicinity or also a person can have a criminal record that's in one state and be using the app in another state and i'm just kind of having a difficult time wrapping my head around how the background check will work and be reliable and how it will not return false negatives and false positives all the time um so that's actually pretty true I, if you I, I, my, my name... issue with it is my, my big issue with it is not the layer security my big issue with it is a layer of security that gives us false sense of confidence and misinformation. That's true. If you go my name, I'm either me, a 21-year-old uh, college student at NYU, or a 40-year-old man in Brooklyn. Yep. And I'm NYU, <laughs> Brooklyn, very near each other. So a criminal record in general for New York State could show up if any of you do something, and it might affect the other person. And I think this is also an issue to talk about with credit scores, if I remember correctly. Um, sometimes they get background check information wrong, too, because they can confuse a person with the same name as being you. I luckily have a relatively rare last name here in the United States because it comes from France. And so it's not as big an issue for me. Um, but I can imagine it for some of the name as generic as, for example, John Smith. Um, I wonder how they're going to have... Uh, that whole background check system work for them. Actually, I have like a like a second or third cousin or whatever 
whose name is is uh, Michael Brunash. Exactly. Shout out to Mike. <laughs> so, about that. Although he's old. <laughs> so, about that, um, I'm just going to say, that's my issue about this layer security that gives a false sense of security and misinformation slash fraudulence because I have... I don't really know how it will work based on the information Tinder has. So I want to see more on how they will approach this. Um, my next issue with it is a false layer security is not what's going to help fix the issues and understand secure people want to feel safe using a dating app. And that's where I feel like people need to start learning about how to go ahead with things in a safe manner. For example, if you want to plan on meeting up with a person you met, you meet, talk online with for the first time, the way you should do it is probably in a public space where you have people around you. Very public space. Because that is how you will avoid having an issue and you can get to meet a person and actually be able to identify if they're who they say they are and feel safe doing it because you'll have people in public around you who can see a situation happen and hopefully take action if anything dangerous happens. Yeah, I mean... And there, yes, there's right. much more than just this whole public space idea, but this is an example of what should actually be presented as solutions to these problems. Because I don't think implementing a system like that is truly going to help fix the greater issue. You're, you're right. But I... Fine. Uh, there's a lot... Uh, I'm thinking of the right way to say this. I think it gives a lit. I think if it's if it works accurately, and say it doesn't mistake me for someone who's like twice my age, and like it actually gets me for me. I think it works pretty well if it does that. And you're right. You don't want to give the false sense of security. Because, mm -hmm. I mean. I might be kind of sadly back to the issue we had before where people yeah. don't feel walking out in the street, don't feel safe walking out in the streets. A lot of people don't even feel safe walking alone with their own friends who are male in the street. Sometimes that's even an issue that's problematic. Sometimes being in public is not enough safety for an individual because people might just be bystanders. And, I mean, it's unfortunate that even the consideration of having a background check is something to implement in a dating app. But yeah, I, I see too many issues with an implementation. And also, that's where it comes to the whole idea, which I mentioned before. The world of dating apps and dating services is something that I find very questionable. Because there's a lot of issues that come from them. And that's why I find it a very problematic industry. Which not only leads to issues, for example, a per that could, for example, lead to issues where a person feels unsafe. But it even leads to issues with mental health and so on. And yeah, this is, once again, a possible solution to the issue. But once again... But I don't feel confident. I mean, it's not a solution. It's a band-aid. It's a band-aid. It's, band it's not an actual solution to the issue. Um. So, yeah. I mean, I get it. I mean, if, if it helps people feel safer, then... I hope it actually or if helps. It, if, well, I hope it actually makes people safer. I, I hope it makes helps. people feel safer. Okay, yes, you're right. 
uh, if it makes people uh, uh, safer, and as long as there's no, um, say there's no mistakes, like it works accurately and there are relatively no mistakes and it actually does keep people away from terrible people. I for it question mark like as the implement you're right implementation is important but the concept of it i'm for if that makes sense yeah um i don't want to say it's a step in the right direction but i do respect the fact that it is the attempt to create a solution or to create a preventative measure all right, uh, do we want to move, in, move on to our next tech topic? Yes, um, this one I actually got quite interesting once again. But um, I felt a lot more confident with my points on this one because, of course, considering that it is related to like technological implementation, I have a lot more to say about it. Um, the next one is talking about Google and... Uh, it has doesn't it have a little bit to do with uh, the epic Google fight and the app stores and all that? Yeah. So, quick recap: uh, Epic Games, which is a both a game developer and they own their own uh, gaming uh, app digital store um, on gaming PC. marketplace. Yes. Yes. So, if people know Steam, a competitor to Steam. Or for other people who don't know what Steam is, imagine the App Store just for games on computers. Mm-hmm. So Epic Games does that, and they also are a big game developer. So they created they're behind they're the ones behind the game such as like Fortnite. I hope you heard of it because I don't have a better example than that if you haven't heard of it. And so Fortnite and a lot of game developers are complaining that Apple and Google take too much money from them, which is or we'll say used to be 30% of, uh, of all like uh, revenue. So we talked about Apple earlier this year, reducing it to 15% if you made under a million dollars. And now Google joins in the trend. So now they reduce their, uh, their uh, app store fees from 30% to 15%. I think that's a good enough explainer. Yeah, honestly, for under for companies under a million dollars, that's a pretty good deal. Like, uh, if we want to shout out another small uh, game developer, Flani is a sm- uh, is working on a on a her own indie game, and for her company, that would actually that would be a that's a pretty big freaking deal, and so good for small developers. It doesn't solve the epic fight at all, but. <laughs> Good for them. Yep. Oh, I thought you had something else to add. <laughs> uh, not really. I mean, it, I feel like it's a conversation I've had enough times. I already explained most of what I thought about it. Um, it's just odd yeah. where it's like a company at this point creates a service and a product. And the question is, now that this service slash product is home to so many other individual services and products, should they have the ability to control such a large market um, themselves and capitalize on it so much? Is the App Store, well, does the App Store truly belong to Apple 
or has it become something that should now be publicly accessible to all? I disagree with that premise because we can argue about the 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 duopoly uh, dominance of the Apple and Google Store. Well, but it's like the Google Store is a bit odd because on the Android marketplace, for example, now there's such a thing as a Samsung Store, which comes with your Samsung phone, I believe, and so on. You can buy you can buy the you can download the Epic uh, Epic Game Store if you wanted to on Android. Exactly. Um, no, but it's like if we're gonna be serious about it, if you sell a product on a on a store, because essentially these are. St- these are digital storefronts. Mm-hmm. And you're selling it on a platform that belongs to another company. But it doesn't make sense that the OS would be different than the storefront, like made by different companies. Yeah. Um, but I just at feel least, like... At least not having a default one. Yes. You can argue about having extra ones. But the default one, it makes sense to have the person who made the operating system have their own default app store. Yeah. Um, it's an odd conversation, but... no. Let's let's have it. Let's have a more. I feel like we've had enough conversation before. But if you really want to know how I feel about this, it's as I said. Yes. I believe, um, for now, with the way things are with Apple, is that they should still have control over their own app store. It is a platform that is developed by Apple that belongs to Apple and that is not implemented somewhere outside of Apple. Now. On the other hand, yeah. with Android and the Google Store, you're using a marketplace that belongs to Google in an operating system that is open source, which is mostly developed by Google. But the thing is, as I said... Almost 100% developed by Google. Yes, um, but it is... Te- Ignoring that Oracle lawsuit. Yeah, well, it is open source, though. So it does not officially belong to the company. It's a uh, public license, or, well, I don't know how to put it. But basically, um, Google should not be fined for allowing for putting a commission system in their store because the truth is, if you really don't want to have a commission set by Google, you might as well try to see if you can go on another platform and open uh, and store that you can probably manage to download on your phone, especially with an Android. Now, Apple, you might not be able to do the same, but as I said, it's through a system that all belongs to Apple. The whole way through, it belongs to them. So wait, is your argument that it's okay for the Google Store to charge commission because they allow you to download competitive uh No, it's because stores, it's a marketplace it's, that belongs to Google. Okay, so then iOS is on the same boat. Yes. Um, it, it might sound odd when okay. I said, I realize what I uh, that I no because because uh, I got confused because what I thought you said is you're because using Google's an, open source and they allow competition they allow it's okay uh, but because Apple is a essentially acting like as a utility they shouldn't so the way I put it is Apple has an app store and the way they design their operating system is that basically everything through that system goes through them and belongs to them. But that is the way they created their product. Their product is not implemented elsewhere. It's not locking people out of other services. They, it's designed that way by the company. And I believe that since they designed it that way and the marketplace belongs to them, Apple should have the ability to have deals and so on within their marketplace. Yes, that makes sense to me. Google, same thing. There's a Google Play Store you can have on your Android. And that marketplace belongs to Google. And they can once again set the commissions they desire on their store. Um, 
And if you're using Android though, you have, as a developer, you have the freedom to just upload your app to another store that hopefully has lower commissions other than the Google Play Store. But the marketplace, if you want to use one developed by Google, then I understand why Google has the right to put certain commission rates that they choose on their platform. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. We're in agreement on that. Yeah. Uh, mind you, the Epic game uh, for people listening, the Epic Games lawsuit is a lot more complicated than what we said, but this is one of the primary aspects of it. Yeah. Um, all right. Do you want to go on with the last piece of tech news we have? I am not so familiar with this one, so I'll let you all talk right, about so it. So do you know do you know HBO Max? Yes. So they hype up HBO Max is like the Snyder Cut of the Justice League is coming. Which uh people who care about this it's the justice league was a uh how do i say this uh big disappointment to everyone involved and that's because midway through production they had to switch directors because of personal tragedies in the snyder family and they switched it to josh sweden and essentially we got a movie that had two very different styles that did not work and it was bad so for years, the internet has been demanding release the Snyder Cut. And HBO Max, launching a new streaming service, was like, hell yeah, we're going to make a new movie. I mean, sorry, we're going to release the Snyder Cut by adding a bunch of new story elements, giving it a $200 million budget. Let's go. And as of recording, the Snyder Cut is out. Uh, you didn't, I don't think you care about it. I will be watching it this weekend, so... After the before the episode comes out, but I will not have time to review it. But we can review it next episode, maybe. I'm just gonna throw that out there. I don't think that was tech news. That's just you fanboying, and that's probably why I had no idea why. No, it's H. It's HBO Max, which is a streaming service, and a streaming service are technically tech. Yes, I am aware. I'm not gonna blame <laughs> you for saying that, but I'm gonna say. <laughs> This seemed like a really odd piece of tech news out there because I had no idea about anything related to it. And I think I see why now. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's, I think it's the lightest news we've had. Yes. Um, I'm actually kind of happy we're ending on this slightly more joking and positive note because it was a pretty heavy episode. Not going to lie. But yeah. So... I think we're going to end it here. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Uh, um, I hope uh, I really was able to properly express my beliefs and points in this because, well, this would be a bad one to not have properly expressed them in. <laughs> it, I mean, it's a complicated episode, complicated topics. Exactly. And we, record, we literally recorded this at midnight. Yep. <laughs> so... Anyways, thank you guys for listening. Uh, thank you for the love and support. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, please like and subscribe to our podcast. Leave reviews. They really help out to get more people to know the podcast. And tell your friends about us. We're available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Yep. Um, I hope everyone has a good week, um, a good time. Everybody is safe especially considering what you've discussed and I just hope everyone has positive things to think about in life rather than a lot of the negativity you hear in media thank you for listening goodbye peace out